Welcome to Avatar with Academics. I am Sam Mulberry, and I have never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm Annie Berglund, and I have watched it. Uh, today we are going to be looking at Book 1, Chapter 3, The Southern Air Temple. Woo. Annie, are you ready for this? Yeah, we're moving right. along. Let's jump right into the summary. I l- thought this episode was fascinating. It's be- so good. Because we we get a shift from, I feel like the first couple episodes, the main characters were really Sokka and um and Katara and and Zuko to a certain degree but Zuko was more like oh, I wonder more about him. This yeah. episode we get a lot about Aang's backstory and we get a lot about Zuko. Mm-hmm. So like this was this was a big change of pace yeah. from Yeah. And a lot of cutscenes between the two of them. Yes, absolutely. So let's just walk through the episode. So the episode starts with Aang, Katara and Sokka uh, kind of at camp. I, right. it's, it's unclear exactly where they are. Um and Katara is warning Aang that a lot can happen in 100 years. Right. And kind of doing so, it seems to like protect him a little bit. From, Absolutely. Because she knows, she has context for what happens. Like essentially this episode is, a lot of it is about like the genocide of the airbenders, right? Which we like know about a little bit right. from the introduction. We know he's the end. He's the, he's the end of this line. Yeah. yeah. And I think that Aang like knows that to an extent but like not like he still it has hasn't hope. sunk in for right. sure yeah because because we'll see him talking about you know like how hard it is to get to this temple and and so you know how could they possibly get there so he's like well they just because you haven't seen them doesn't mean that they don't exist anymore right yeah right. so so i think that's a big theme we see throughout this episode then we see ang waking up Sokka, so Sokka's sleeping and ang you see sort of the young mischievous ang and i think young ang is an important thing to remember in this this episode yeah because this episode ang seems younger than katara and sokka yeah uh, more so maybe than the last than the previous episodes i agree i agree now we cut to the fire navy shipyard if you remember last episode it ended with zuko's ship being pretty much damaged in a big avalanche right so they're at some sort of fire navy shipyard uh because because they're looking for repairs and zuko is talking to his uncle iroh and iroh mentions the uh, the avatar mm-hmm. and Zuko stops him right away and says like don't mention his name at the docks or every firebender will be out to look for him right like he doesn't want the competition I guess so right. like, he wants to find him himself and like reclaim his glory and yeah. right and and this episode's got a lot of that got a lot of sort of why why Zuko is looking for him and here we get introduced to Captain now Commander Zhao yeah right who overhears this conversation and starts to question them. Can I just say, do you know who the voice actor is for Zhao? I don't. Jason Isaacs. Do Help you know me who out. Jason Isaacs. I, I know is? the name. I'm trying to place he it. He is in Harry Potter. Uh, among some of his stuff, he plays uh, Lucius Malfoy. Oh, isn't that yeah? So like, if you go listen to it, it's like I I thought of it right away. I was like, oh, oh, I, I know go, that that voice is familiar. I want to go back and listen to that. Yeah, and yep. and we see we see Zuko. Um, kind of bristling at at uh the commander and we see Iroh you know telling the telling Zuko that he needs to show respect to uh to commander Zhao. Yeah, and Zhao says to to Iroh he like calls Iroh the hero of the nation. Did you catch that? Yeah, what was so so like he doesn't say anything beyond that. He was yeah. like Iroh hero of the nation, but I thought it sounded really sarcastic. Well, and and Iroh is uh, definitely points out that he's retired. Right. Right. So so there's there's definitely Iroh's story that that yeah. uh, that we're going to learn, I can tell. Yeah. I can tell because he actually seems um 
even at moments where where Zuko seems like a like a pretty villainous character, Iroh doesn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. He seems to be sort of floating along this in a different kind of way. So so we'll learn more about Iroh, I assume. This episode may not tell us too much more, but it does tell us some things about Iroh and definitely about Zuko. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to flying to the air temple. So Soka is hungry. This becomes a big theme in this episode. Yeah. Maybe maybe a theme, um, you know, uh, a theme going further. Uh, Katara says to to Aang, before we get to the temple, I want to tell you about the Airbenders, right? She wants him to be prepared for what he's going to see there, right? Uh, and she she mentions the Fire Nation being ruthless, and again that the Fire Nation killed her mother. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to hear that, and then to go between her talking about the Fire Nation and then like Zuko. And the, those three, because they're all three very different. Iroh, Zuko, and Zhao are, like, all Fire Nation, but all very different in, like, how their personalities are. And, like, she paints them out to be, like, bad guys, right? But I feel like there's a little bit of nuance in this episode we haven't gotten yet. Right. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Because because Zhao gets to become the, the most villainous yeah, of those three as we go forward, right? Sir, yeah. So, um... We see, this is where Aang mentions, you know, how could they get there? You need to be on a flying bison to get there. Uh, and, you know, when they land, you know, he sa- when he sees it, he says, we're home, right? And mm-hmm. so so this is, we're realizing this is where Aang, other than living in the iceberg, this is, this is home for Aang. This is where he grew up. And we're going to learn uh, more about that. I mean, one of the things that, that, that you mentioned about this, and I, I definitely feel is um, going to this temple reminds me, uh, a great deal of playing like a, a Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's some destination, and like it's hard to get there, and and even just the aesthetic of it, like up in the clouds, and like yeah, really, yeah, kind of beautiful and eerie, a little empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 I think even some of the like vaguely Asian iconography and mm-hmm. style are also things that that are that show up in Zelda too. So like it definitely has a bit of that feel. Yeah. Um, so now we cut to uh, Zhao's quarters, um, and we see him looking at a map. We we don't get to see the map, but we see he's looking at a map. And he says, by year's end, the Earth Kingdom's capital will be under our rule. The Fire Lord can claim victory. Mm-hmm. You know, so so we know that this war that's been going on for, for quite a while, it seems to be at a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Zuko, we get an interesting thing here because this a lot of this episode's about family and about Zuko's relationship to his father. Uh, so Zuko says, if my father thinks the rest of the world will follow him willingly, then he's a fool. Yeah. So it's interesting because last episode, it seemed to be that uh, the read I got was Zuko wanted to try to please his father. Yeah. And here he's being critical of his father. Right. Like it seemed as though he held him in some high regard, but now it's like the very opposite. I, yeah. Interesting. And then also, um, they've been at sea for two years. And I looked up how old Zuko is. He's 16 at the start of the series. So he was 14 when he was, like, banished. Yeah. Um, That's wild. (laughs) And he's, like, been hunting the Avatar as a 14-year-old. And so it was interesting, too, to be, like, Katara and Sokka both took on roles of adults in their life. Like, basically, in their village, they were mom and dad to, like, a lot of the kids there. And then here we have Zuko also, who's 14 and he's on his own, essentially, like with his uncle. Right. And you didn't get that feel as much before, but but that does that does sort of shift the way we view this. Mm -hmm. Um, So we see Zuko lying about the Avatar and we see that Zhao maybe even doubts that the Avatar exists. So that's a tension we, you know, that like, like, is this is this a, a hunt that's worthwhile? Yeah. Um, But Zhao can sense that Zuko is holding something back. And then we see the guards come in and talk about how we've interrogated the crew 
And Zuko had the Avatar and let him escape, right? right? So there's this Zuko. There's already seems to be a cloud of shame around him, and then this is a an even greater shame because this thing that he was looking for, that maybe everybody's looking for, mm-hmm. he had and let it slip through his grasp. Yep, truth comes out. Yep. So we cut back to the Air Temple, and we see uh, Katara and Sokka. Uh, are, um, Katara mentions to Sokka that they're among the first outsiders to ever enter an Airbender temple, which made me wonder. How much communication and crossover are there between these different kingdoms? Do the do the does the water tribe do they do much with the Earth yeah. Kingdom other than I mean now they're clearly the some of the water folks are fighting I think with the Earth Kingdom but right. like but normally are these things separate or or are the Airbenders something unique? Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, yeah, did did Aang say that to Katara and Sokka? No, Katara says it to Sokka. Uh, okay, okay. Um, so, and Aang starts to walk into the into the sort of temple area and sees that it's all empty and sort of overrun with weeds. Right. Um, and at this point, it seems like Sokka and Katara are especially. It just feels like it's pins and needles. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna break at some point. Right. They're 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 watching and waiting to see how bad this could be. Now, and to remember. Sokka and Katara are also guessing about what they're going to see there. They don't know what it's going to be like either, but yeah. but but they know a bit more of the history. Uh, quickly, we are introduced to uh, a game called Airball yeah. <laughs> that Sokka and Aang play. This seems like a like a Quidditch ripoff or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is like the magical game that they play. I don't know how Sokka could have even played it because it seems like you need to be able to bend air right. to play it. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, he didn't score. He was losing seven to nothing. So, But I think he it seemed like he was doing it to distract Aang a little bit or like complying with this request of playing a game just to be like, sure, let's do something fun. Absolutely. And he says as much. I mean, he, after he gets knocked down in the game, he says, making him feel better is putting me in a world oh, of yeah. hurt. So, so there is this sense that Sokka realizes that it's not just Katara who's, try, who's really worried about right. Aang's feelings, but, but Sokka is as well. And... Uh, this is where Sokka notices uh, a Fire Nation helmet. Sure. Yeah, off to the side. And then um, Katara runs up, right? And, and Yeah, she runs up. And first she calls Aang over. And then it's like as he's coming, she realizes what's going to happen if he sees this. So she like bends the snowdrift down to cover it. Yep. And uh, and, and as, as Aang walks away, Sokka says, you can't protect him forever. Yeah. You know, so, so there is this sense that they're both trying to protect him, but also realizing there's a degree like how do you tell him this story how do you how's he going to learn about this mm-hmm. um and here we go uh i think it cuts to commercial at that point because we, we <laughs> right. come back to like a new scene but it's still katara and Sokka. um and we hear Sokka say you know firebenders were here you can't pretend they weren't and and katara comes back and says i can for ang's sake right so there's a sense that she's that they're lying to him or hold, withholding from him um and doing it for his own sake and we'll see you know that's that's oftentimes not the uh, not the best direction to go down, right? But here's that seems like a very parental stance that they're having. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of a we are friends and equals, but but it seems to be here we get that focus on Aang really being younger than um, younger than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aang walks up to uh, a statue and introduces them to the statue yeah. and it's his teacher, uh, master, uh, uh Gyatso. Gyatso. Yeah, yeah. New, new character. Yeah. yeah. And we actually get to meet him because here we get our first, uh, Aang flashback. I mean, other than we had the, the sort of dream yeah. sort of flashback, this is, seems like a story he's telling or at least, at least thinking about. Right. So we see Aang back 
presumably a hundred years yeah. earlier. He looks about the same age, yeah. Right, because he didn't age. Because uh, icebergs are good places that right. you don't age there, <laughs> right? Um, and he's making cakes with Gaiazzo, or Gaiazzo's making cakes uh, right. with. He's sort of doing some sort of airbending thing uh, to make cakes. And as they're talking, Aang is sort of doubting his identity as the Avatar, and yeah. he's saying like, maybe they made a mistake. You know, when they said that I was the Avatar. So we saw this before where he said, I didn't want to be. And here he's sort of in this, in his own stage of doubt. Uh, and Gyatso says, the only mistake they made was telling you before you turned 16. Yeah. And I listened to that and I was like, even, I mean, even watching this like 10 years ago, I was like, who is they? Like, how did they, how did they know that it, it was him? And like, who decides <laughs> when he gets to know? And Right. Yeah, and and, uh, and are it? the they... The airbender, other airbenders, or are the they? Is there some sort of like group who oversee the avatar, yeah. or like you know, and and you know, like is it? It's a, you're right. Who is the they? Is is uh, kind of a big question there. Mm-hmm. Um, and why did they tell him early? Why did yeah. they make that mistake? It almost makes me wonder if it was like past iterations of the avatar told him, like revealed it to him. You know, like in oh, some that's like spirit state or something. Sure. Knowing that something is going to happen. You know, like, I don't know, but it, it feels like maybe that could be the case. Right. And, and you know, as, as Aang is sort of wrestling with this, uh, Gyatso tells him a line that I think is... Um, Almost a mission statement for this episode, and I'm I'm making a guess that this is going to be a mission statement for for Aang a little bit longer as he's wrestling with this history that he doesn't have access to. He says, "We can't concern ourselves with what was; we must act on what is." Because mm-hmm. here we're going to see this is going to be a uh, an episode about Aang wrestling with learning about the past, you know, yeah. that everybody else seems to be aware of. And then Gyatso tells him, your questions will be answered when you're old enough to enter the air temple sanctuary. Inside you will find someone who will guide you on your journey. So uh, Gyatso is just loaded with uh, with Some a lot of- bombs. Right. But, but also and... things with like portent. Like yeah. this is, this is as a viewer, everything he says, you're like, I should, I should probably write that down because that <laughs> probably is going to, going to mean something going forward. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Aang asks, you know, who, who that's going to be. And he says, well, when you're ready, he'll reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see that that Gyatso and, uh, and Aang airbend to, like, throw these cakes on a bunch yeah. of monks who are meditating. So then we get to see, like, the playful side. And remember, there's all this heavy stuff on Aang, but he's also he's well, a, he's a yeah. child, right? Yeah. And we see that, 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 that his old teacher is also sort of playful. And is that, like... Is that like a character trait of a lot of airbenders? Like it seems like it's a pretty. I don't know. It's I, also it's also the kind of thing that that uh, I will say my my family and I we we just watched our way through uh, Cobra Kai and then we went back and watched the mm-hmm. Karate Kid movies and it's very Mr. Miyagi like too to be like very very serious and very wise and then there's this like silly joke he makes too sure. you know so so there is this sort of sense of like we can't take all of this too seriously either i think dumbledore yeah. definitely has moments like that too you know where where you get this like moment of levity to kind of pull you out of how deep and dark sometimes these yeah. discussions can get i was watching it with my husband mike and he described it as like a very wholesome scene it was just like light and sweet and like ends with the flying lemurs you see the flying lemurs mm-hmm. for the first time eating the little cupcakes off of the monks and i don't know it's like a it's one of the rare just joyful moments 
Right. Yeah. Right. And then we see him come. We see him come out of this flashback, and we see them enter the Air Temple Sanctuary, and and Ang knows how to bend the air to uh, to undo the locks uh, to get into that door. Mm-hmm. Then we cut back to the fire, uh, the Fire Nation. Uh, we're in Zhao's quarters again, and he's questioning Zuko. Uh, and he says, capturing the Avatar is too important to leave in a teenager's hands. He's mine now. Yeah, and it's a really tense moment between them. And what I love is, like, Iroh is in the background just drinking his ginseng tea. And, like, kind of also wholesome as a character. And, yeah. And, again, f- adding nuance to the Fire Nation and, like, oh, there's this good guy. Like, essentially, he seems like he's nice. He's just, like, sitting in the background enjoying not caring about drama. that's interesting because that's a that's a, a theme that i until you said it i didn't pick up on but you can see both gaiazzo and and um iro as these were surrounded by youth because yeah. even zhao is he's older but he's like in the prime of his life yeah you know like yep. he's ripped we see later on right <laughs> um but but then we see these older characters and they are sort of saying it's almost like they're saying we sh- we're taking all of this too seriously. Yeah. You know, like things will come in time. And yeah, like that that's really interesting because we haven't actually encountered between besides Grand Grand, we haven't actually encountered a lot of like older, older characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this sort of perspective and wisdom that comes with with age potentially. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. And I think that that's important that it came right after the Gyatso because the Gyatso uh, flashback, just because I think that they're. Over time, especially in the series, you'll see like a lot of cuts between Zuko scenes and Aang scenes, mm-hmm. and there is like a lot of mirroring that they do intentionally. So Absolutely, I feel like that might be one of them. Yeah, and and um, the other thing that that we get out of this scene is the sense that even if Dao doesn't believe that the Avatar is real, like now that he knows, it's like this is clearly a prize. Yeah, and he's sort of saying like, okay, you had your shot. Now let's leave this to the to the big boys. Right, right. So that that comes as a threat to to Zuko as well. So now we cut to a, what I think is a really interesting scene. We're at the temple sanctuary, and we walk we walk in, and there are hundreds of statues. And we realize later that it's even more than we than we initially thought. Mm-hmm. And we come to realize that these are all statues of the past avatars. Yeah. And like um, Aang walks in the room and they're all like, who are who are these statues of? And he's like, I think I know, but I can't explain why I know. Yeah. 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 And 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 when we realize they're the avatars, we realize that they're Aang's past lives. Now, I don't remember if they said this before, but I didn't realize this was a reincarnation situation. Oh, sure. Yeah. So so there is this this both cycle of nations, right, where it goes from is it water to earth to fire to air? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, but also, but also, it's it's a, it's a reincarn. The avatar is a reincarnation of presumably the same being. Yeah. So when Aang is looking at these statues, he's looking at versions of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that his previous life was as a firebender, right? And his next life will be as a waterbender, right? And so the whole drama that unfolded right before he was born, like, was with. We know a little bit of the history that it's the Fire Nation rose up, and mm-hmm. so the the Avatar at that point was a Fire Nation Avatar. And yeah. It's like interesting. You want to like learn more about it, like right. why? Yeah, like. Well, and and that's the one that we spend time lingering on. I think right. Roku ends up being his mm-hmm. name. Yeah, and we don't learn much about him, but there is this sense that like that's like the one Ang is really drawn to. Yeah, which is the most recent. Um, and then we see this this shadowy figure enter, 
Um, and two of our characters yell out something. So Aang yells out lemur because he's really excited about animals. Yep. Right. Sokka yells out dinner. Dinner. (laughs) Yep. Right. So they both chase after the lemur for different reasons. <laughs> right, right. And we see that Aang, that Aang, when it, like anytime he's in a contest with someone, he's just way faster than Sokka. So he he gets out ahead. Uh, and then we cut back to Zhao's quarters again. And they're um, readying a search party, right, mm-hmm. to, go find, uh, to go find the Avatar. And we see uh, Zhao mocking Zuko. And Zuko says a word that he uh, he says quite a bit, right? He, yeah. What underestimate. Don't underestimate me. And, like, that's one of the first things he says about Aang. I think episode one even. Maybe episode it's two. two. He says, I won't underestimate him again. Yeah. It's all about that for him. Being underestimated or underestimating other people's right. which value show, or which, worth or strength. Which shows that he's about sizing people up. Yep. Right? Um, and... We learned some interesting things about about Zuko here because Zhao says, you're just a banished prince. Your own father doesn't even want you. So, again, we're learning a little bit more about this father relationship uh, that Zuko says his father's a fool, but he also wants to please his father. And he's been banished uh, somehow from his father. He says, and uh, Zuko responds, once I deliver the Avatar, he will welcome me home with honor and restore me to my rightful place on the throne. Right. So something happened to disgrace him. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we know that his father had at one point been looking for the Avatar. And this is now Zuko's mission. So, like, we don't know what that thing was. And this is, some, you know, but presumably this is his way to prove himself, uh, to prove himself to his father. So we're getting back to that. My honor relies on finding the Avatar mm-hmm. from from the earlier episode. Um and uh, Zhao responds, if your father wanted you home, he'd have let you return by now. Which, like, Zhao is, like, how old do you think he is? Like, he's, like, f- mid-30s. Mid-30s, yeah. yeah. And he's, like, literally just brutally picking on a 16-year-old. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so rude. It's, like, not a good look. Well, and that's interesting because in the first two episodes, you really only see Zuko as this sort of bully villain character. Yeah. And you you watch this and you're like, I'm on Zuko's side. Right. And then it's like, oh shoot, I don't know what to do with that. So that I mean that's another, I think, big direction that this that this episode is taking us is opening some of that stuff up. Um so Zhao goes on to say, uh in his eyes, you're a failure and a disgrace to the Fire Nation and you have the scar to prove it. So again, dun, we don't dun, dun. know the the history of the scar, but yeah. but there, we're gonna get a couple more hints here uh because at this point zuko challenges zhao to an agni kai i don't remember how they pronounced it yeah yeah, yeah. agni kai I, I just got that off the subtitles so <laughs> which which i presume is a duel like that that's yeah, what it seems some like and we see we see duel. this by the end of the episode um and he and and when uh zhao walks away iroh says have you forgotten what happened the last time you dueled a master and here the camera pans over and we get a picture of just half of zuko's face and it's the scarred half so presumably the scar comes from some duel i mean that's i'm i'm piecing together the visual language there of a cartoon (laughs) is that when i think zuko says something like i'll never forget because it's like a, a lasting physical mark on him yep yep and i mean and that's a pretty dramatic like stage shot uh, yeah. In this, uh, so now we go back to Ang continuing to chase the lemur. Uh, it leads him to a room that's filled with firebender corpses. Yeah, this is like the darkest scene I think so far. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's brutal. Yeah, it's and carnage. And, and Ang recognizes this is when there he he presumably knew. <laughs> 
you know, in the back of his head, I think Katara had told him enough. We've seen him tell, seen mm-hmm. her tell him enough. But this is when he can no longer deny, you know, that the the Fire Nation has been here. Firebenders have been here. Um, and, th- and then it's just carnage. And then he gets to the end of this and he sees the remains of Gyatso. Yeah. Right? And he it's has like, this like medallion on that Gyatso was wearing. Yeah. And like his flashback in his mind that maybe could have happened just like days before he went in, you know, days before he ended up in an iceberg. So like to him, like he knows a little bit of what happened. But it's like yesterday he was with Gyatso. Right. You know? Right. And and Katara and Sokka have been shielding him yeah. from this, right? Uh, so we see Sokka come in, finds him, uh, and tries to comfort him, right? right? Tries to get him out of that Everything room. Everything will be all right. Yep. Right. And then we see Aang go into what I described in my notes as the Avatar state. I don't... Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Is that, does that work? Do they call it that? They might even call it that. She calls it something else later. His yeah. Avatar spirit, spirit, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so his eyes light up, the arrows light up, and it's like he goes, yeah, he goes into this this thing. And then we we get, um, as he goes into the sort of the, the Avatar state, uh, we cut to Katara in the sanctuary and we see all the statues' eyes it's start to light eerie. up. super eerie. Right. And then it, we realize how high it goes because all of a sudden what was a dark ceiling, we see all these eyes yeah. up there. And we realize this just keeps going like and the going. the history of their entire world. Is, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So why is it at the Airbender Temple? You'll, mm, Maybe we'll see. I yeah, mean, you don't see. need to answer that, but like, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's interesting. Do these types of things exist other places? Right. And and what we see after this is we get this sort of really cool cut that they do a few times uh, in the episodes I've seen so far, where they start to go sort of around the world, and we see, I don't know what I would call them, but like Avatar beacons, other things right. sort of like light up. Yeah. It's like the Avatar is here. He's in his um, Avatar state, and and so these beacons are lighting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see one of these, uh, Fire Nation, I presume, say, uh, and we see one of the guys near it say, send word to the Fire Lord, the Avatar has returned, which was mm-hmm. our title for last episode, mm-hmm. right? The Avatar returns. Um, and then we see Aang sort of creating this huge whirlwind around him. And, and this is where Katara comes in and says that his Avatar state has been triggered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we've seen him in this state before, right? When mm-hmm. he was fighting Zuko. Mm-hmm. And then um, he was able to, like, bring up the water. he gets thrown into the the water. Yeah. Yeah, And, uh, like, destroy the ship. And then we see it another time when he is struck down by lightning and preserves himself underwater. And so it's, like, what is triggering the Avatar state? And, like, can he harness that and be able to enter the Avatar state, like, on his own? Or is it just an intense emotional experience? And honestly, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Right, yeah. Like, like, like scary looking. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not... he. We love Aang, and he's not Aang at that moment. Right, and so. they, they even have to, like, talk him out of that state so it feels like he can't control himself when he's in it. Right, right. And that's, is that the kind of thing that he learns to control, or is that... Something, or is it like like the Incredible Hulk? Like if yeah. like there's if enough happens, he just goes into this, and then it's not it's not him anymore. Yeah. Um. So we see Katara trying to calm him down. Aang starts to float up in the air. Now we cut to the duel. Mm-hmm. The uh between uh between there were some dope moves in this duel. Yeah. We haven't really seen people use fire that much. We saw them training, but not like this. Yeah. And I think we I think we learn a little bit about firebending here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. Um so Iroh says, remember your firebending basics, break his root. Right. Okay, so that that seems like an important line. So we see Zhao he's winning at the beginning. He's it's like he's pushing 
um, Zuko back. And every time he stomps the ground, it seems like there's like that. That seems to be somehow rooted. Using that <laughs> word carefully, like rooted in where his power is coming from. Um, and he sort of uh, is pushing Zuko back. Mm-hmm. And then Zuko does this like spin trick thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like he takes out his feet. Right. Yeah. And, and and again, the feet seem important because mm-hmm. they're also doing like kicking and like fire is part of that. So there's something about the feet and the ground. Yeah. Um, and and all of a sudden Zuko now has the upper hand and he's sort of and he's basically he basically wins. He knocks down. He's like standing over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knocks down. So he's standing over him. And. Uh, and Zhao says, do it. Like, it's like, it's, I mean, it would be the equivalent of like pointing a gun at him. He's like, do it, pull the trigger, right? Like, right. like finish me off. Yeah. Which is weird. Like that he doesn't even care about his own self-preservation or like, what is it's it? It's a taunt. He knows, he, he knows he yeah. won't. He's, he's basically, he's basically preparing for his next line, which, cause he, so, so Zuko fires a shot, but like not to hit him. It's sort of like a warning shot yeah, yep. to which Zhao, who's in no position of power says your father raised a coward. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that, like, Zuko is so predictable that he could have that that do it wasn't even like he knew he never would. Right. It also it also maybe shows. Um, I mean, if this is an episode where we're thinking about Zuko sympathetically, like that he's not a monster. Yeah. He's not going to just kill this guy. Yeah. You know. Um. But he does say, you know, next time you get in my way, I won't hold back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Z- or Zuko starts to walk away with Iroh yep. and uh, and we see Zhao sort of try to hit him from behind and we see Iroh like, he, like intervenes yeah yeah there's the real power right that he can it's like he just dismantles the fire right right yeah and it's like it makes sense that he's training Zuko but it like makes me want to see what Iroh can do right it's like it's like how you wait in Star Wars for Yoda to fight it's like yeah I yeah. know this guy's gonna it's be crazy awesome tricks. when I get to see it yeah right um uh, and, and he says to, uh, Iroh says to, to Zhao says, uh, even in exile, my nephew is more honorable than you. Yeah. He calls him disgraceful. Yeah. Yep. So, so we see Iroh sort of standing up for Zuko and I mean, and Zuko has won. Yeah. Right. And, and somehow it, you know, like, like even though Zhao has more troops and more men, but like, but this is, this seems to be the thing that has decided it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know a lot about, uh, about these fire nation Agni Kai duels, but this <laughs> seems to be like binding in yeah. some way. Um, or at least they've, they've sort of defeated him as, as something that's an impediment. They've, pr- he's proven you can't stand in my way. Mm-hmm. So now we come back to the, the air temple. Uh, Katara tries to calm Aang down. She talks, about losing someone in her life, right? She goes mm-hmm. back to talking about losing her mother and what that was like. Um, and she reminds him, you still have a family. Soka and I are your family. Yeah. Which is one of the big themes here, right? Is is this idea of sort of the family that there's the family you're born into and then there's the family that you choose or that you create. Yeah. Uh, and Soka gets into this as well, right? Uh, uh, he says, uh, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Yeah. And then there's this image where um katara grabs ang's hand and then like kind of holds him and then the the camera pans out so it's like her holding him and then Sokka has his hand like on the two of them and it just like looks like a family unit right yeah like mom dad son son basically and 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 at this point we see ang uh really coming to a realization about what the about the revelations of this episode he says if they found this temple they found them all 
And yeah. then, so this is when he acknowledges, I, you keep saying that they're gone and I'm the last. And he's like, I, I'm the last airbender. Like, like that's, it, it must be true mm-hmm. because if they, if they could get here, they could get anywhere. Yeah. He's like literally coming to terms with genocide. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. 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 And, and, and of people that he knew, but, but that it's this historical thing to the people around them. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really, really fascinating. So then we cut to the sanctuary and we see Aang standing in front of his, his last self, standing yeah, in front Roku. of Roku. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, how am I going to talk to him? Right. Cause he's saying, well, that's the, the you know, Gyatso said that, that he would lead he would me know. on a journey. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think Katara says, you'll find a way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then here we see the lemur come back in. He's so cute. And importantly, bring food to Soka. Yeah. And um, so he brings veggies and fruits. I think mostly fruits, which is like the airbending. Like that's kind of what they seem to eat in that mm-hmm. culture. But um, they decide to name him Momo. And I looked up what Momo means. Did you look this up? I didn't. In Japanese, it means peach. And he offers a peach and then like steals a peach from Sokka. So oh, that's where interesting. His so cute. Oh, it's like a pure happy moment, like at the end of an just a really depressing kind of episode. Right. So then the episode ends with them preparing to leave and we see Appa, Aang, and Momo. Um, and they sort of acknowledge that they're all that's left of this place, mm-hmm. right? That they're it's the last of the airbenders, the last of the flying bison, the last of the lemurs. Um, and then he introduces, uh, uh, Aang introduces Momo to to them by name. I mean, he's obviously met them, but by yeah. name. And it's so like, here's the newest member of our family. Yep. Yep. And then right. they both, they um, end up flying away on Appa. And it's just an image of Momo and Aang on Appa all looking back at their home. Right. And kind of being like, this is now the new new family. Right. Yeah. So if we think about this episode, themes, observations, what are your big takeaways? Uh, a lot of... Um, Maybe continuity between Zuko's story and like Aang's story, or a lot of connections between the two of them, flashing back and forth between them. Like before Zuko again just appeared like the antagonist, and now it's like, oh, there's a lot more going on there, and perhaps he's a lot more nuanced than we thought. Yeah, I mean, my my take on him, and again, I apologize for all the Star Wars references. Clearly, <laughs> this is my world, but no uh, but it's, it's very like Kylo Renny, where where mm. it's like you first encounter him as this manifestation of like the thing you're most afraid of this. He is the, the, the villain, the evil character. And now I feel like I can never get back to that. Like, yeah, even though he's hunting our heroes, I'm still like, I, I, I can imagine a world where they're, I can imagine this ends, ends with them teaming up. Yeah. You know, you know, and it's interesting too, like, cause it feels like he has two paths he can go on. He has like trainer and uncle Iroh, who is like, embodies compassion and like calm and he's just drinking his tea and then you have Zhao and like a, who knows what the fire lord is like right but it seems like there's these two competing ways that he can go and you see him kind of like in the middle because he feels really ruthless at some points but then at other points he does show compassion so it's like what's going to win out and that does feel like a kylo ren kind of situation too absolutely and we learned that zuko really must be a pretty powerful firebender because Mm -hmm. unless zao is one of those people that like just works out a lot so they look tough but like (laughs) isn't really because um that i think that's that seems like a pivotal moment. It yeah. seems like he has overcome something which he didn't overcome before because 
uh, Iroh refers to Zhao as a master, right? He says, remember the last time you you met a master, so, which implies mm-hmm. that he's going to be meeting a master again. Um, I think one other big theme, and I pointed this line out before, is that that mm. this is Aang acknowledging that he needs to let, to a certain degree, let go of the past, right? Yeah. That he needs to move forward. You know, so that line from from Gyatso, we can't concern ourselves with what was, we must act on what is. Sure. I mean, that that could be the 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 theme at the end of this episode as they fly off and they, they mm. leave what was. And yet, like, there's an internal struggle because what he is is reincarnation. So, like, every, he's always going back to past lives and, like, always, you know what I mean? Like, so the past is always within him, but also he has to move on like i think that's ang yeah, yeah yeah and and i like I, again i've seen four episodes but i feel like that's going to be a mission statement for yeah. a big chunk of this uh, of this episode now i'm curious if we're going to see more of Gyatso. like is this going to be a mm. reoccurring flashback character is this all that we're going to get um i'm curious about what we're going to learn about roku there's some this this one it's like this one's all about questions. I want to know so much more about Zuko's father. I want to know so much more about Aang's backstory. Yeah, and yet they're moving on to the new place. So it's like mm-hmm. a lot of these questions maybe linger for a bit. Right, right. And and I guess the the other big thing is is um, Soka and and Katara coming to terms with the fact that they also need to live in the world that they live in, and that Aang needs to grow up too. Yeah. Right. That they they have to allow him to. To come to terms with these things mm-hmm. and come to terms with this power. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that they don't understand. And quite frankly, we don't understand at this point. <laughs> and Aang doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yes. Well, Annie, this was a, a little bit longer episode because I think this episode was just full of uh, a lot. full of important stuff. I found myself writing more notes for this than I did for anything else <laughs> because so much happens. So many questions get raised. Um, I'm excited to talk about our next episode, which will be coming right up. Sounds good. 